Hey everyone, I'm Mary Kate and welcome to Women Changing the Game. Join me as I sit down with ambitious, powerful women who are coming off the bench in the sports industry and are changing the game as we know it. Get ready for women in coaching, photography, events, sales, entrepreneurship, and so much more, all in the industry of sports. If you're here to get some amazing advice, stories, and laughs, then stick around. Looking to start your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Changing the Game. We are so, so excited for our next guest. She is a basketball coach and author and a soon, with a soon-to-be-released book called Lady Fleets. Through coaching and writing, she's empowering preteen and teen female athletes to continue their sports journey. Welcome, Emily Williams. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Thank you for being on. So why don't you get started Um you know, going off of that introduction and telling us a little more about yourself and your involvement with the sports industry? Yeah. So during the day, um, I do have a day job. I'm a pharmaceutical consultant. So it's all in my after hours. I'm a basketball coach. Um, I like working with the middle school age girls. A lot of people like to shy away from them, but they're my favorite. <laughs> I just, I tell every time I go to a no program, I'm like, give me your 13 year olds. That's who I want. <laughs> so that's the age group I work with. And yes, I have an upcoming book called Lady Fleets, kind of going over all the different things I learned as a female athlete, hoping to break down some barriers that girls still face today. Yeah, I love that. And wow, you got a lot going on. So yeah. <laughs> congrats <laughs> to you on just handling all of that. Um, it, it's really cool, though, that you decided to write this book. Um, and I'm excited to learn more about it. And, you know, it's just a way to a new way to share your knowledge in basketball and teaching your um, athletes a little bit more through a book. So what was the inspiration behind that? So it came down to we have COVID. And so I couldn't coach because there weren't any programs being run. And I still had all these things that I enjoyed kind of passing on those nuggets of wisdom to really get girls thinking about it. And I had a colleague and we were just talking and she's like, I can't wait to get back to coaching. Like you can hit all those girls and talk to them all again and like get your message out. And I'm like, yes, but I can't. And so I figured this was another vessel to kind of tell the story to a broader audience and get it out to girls who I might not be able to directly impact through coaching. Yeah, 100%. That's why also I started Women Changing the Game because of COVID and not being able to connect with people in the sports industry. So um, it's cool how we have found new ways to um, do what we love but um, and look at the positives of doing what we love in this hard times. And I'm sure it's even harder on your athletes. So um if you can speak a little bit on that and how you see the differences in the athletes having troubles and then us having troubles, but we find ways to kind of cope with it. Whereas the athletes in the younger generation, it's kind of hard for them to find ways they want to get out there and play. 
Exactly. And so during adolescence, a really key component is social acceptance. And because we're in a pandemic, because we're social distancing, because you can't see your friends in face to face and have those big group gatherings that teenagers love, they're losing that. And that's really triggering a lot of other um, unsettling mental health issues and just like making them worse or kind of introducing them to someone who might not be introduced to that. So finding programs like the one I'm working in right now, uh, they're still running, but they're doing, uh, they're doing essentially COVID rules. Like in basketball, you can't screen, you can't, um, you can't steal the ball, you can't press, which is great because you get to learn more fundamentals that way, which I enjoy, but the kids who are athletes and who are kind of finding the spaces to continue to play, I see them, they're not in that same depressive state where I kind of have friends who have kids or people who I know who have teenagers who are like, yeah, my kid's going through a tough time right now because they don't have that same social outlet. Yeah, for sure. It's it's so tough, but um, that's cool that you're finding the positives in ways that they can learn and they can be out there playing. So um, when you s- started coaching, did you know like this is what I've been wanting to do like from a young age or is it something that just kind of came to you? How did it all start? How did coaching start? We can blame my husband for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I met him and he had a buddy who was coaching and so my coaching journey started right after college. I didn't really even wait that long. I think I waited three months after I graduated and I met him and his buddies coaching and having this great time. And it hit me. I'm like, this is what's been missing in my life is I've been missing sports. So I went to the local rec department and said, Hey, can I coach basketball? And I jumped right in two feet right into the middle school team. I was thinking I was going to get like a rec league, like a once a week thing. Oh no. They're like, Oh, we need a coach for our competitive team. Do you want to do that? I'm like, sure. Why not? That's so cool. (laughs) Yep. So totally was just on a whim and it's, grown into being such an important part of my life, um, especially at the beginning of COVID without having that, I recognized in myself, like I'm going through a tough time because I don't have that connection and that passion inside me coming out. So, wow, that's amazing that you just got thrown (laughs) into it and we're like ready as ever middle school too. That's that's tough, but good for you. Wow. So, um, you talked about, you mentioned you did play sports growing up and like, But did you play in college as well? No. So unfortunately for me, what had happened was I was one of those kids that specialized. So at age 12, all I played was basketball. And now studies are showing that when you specialize in a sport, you're more prone to injury. And that's what happened to me. My junior fall season, I essentially pulled both my knees in opposite directions. So they weren't tracking right. And so that was just so hard to recover from. Um, I, I, my friend time me sign up for track. I was still involved in sports. I actually didn't get to play my senior year because I just couldn't keep up speed wise. I couldn't get the momentum right. back to play at the levels I was playing at. And after all of that, when I got to college, I was like, I just want to focus on school. I want to kind of change my mindset, but it, cre- I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a sports identity crisis that happens a lot <laughs> to people who have done sports their whole lives. Yeah. So I went through that and I lived through it. And I couldn't imagine. I hear it's even worse if you do college sports and then you don't play after that. I heard it was, but it was such a learning experience for me to be like, okay, I didn't play sports in college. Now I have to figure out who am I without the ball in my hand. I'm not Emily, the basketball player anymore. I'm just Emily. And who is that person? So it was a kind of nice growing moment through those couple of years of school. 
it's an amazing moment when you have that crisis actually it's kind of like okay well who am who am i like sports is i'm not just about you know playing sports i'm more than that and like what is this so that's a really cool moment and it's interesting that how many people you talk to and all go through the same thing and end up finding themselves and really truly finding their passion outside of sports which is an awesome thing um or you get reined back in like me (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but (laughs) in a different way, still you're in sports and like me, I'm in sports, but just in a different way. Um, So when you like were playing, did you have coaches that you looked up to and did you look to them as mentors? And then do you think about that now as a coach trying to be that mentor for your athletes if you did? Yes, I had, um, I have a couple coaches, but I have one who I always talk about. Uh, he's amazing. He was my, he was a coach when I was little, like not little, I mean, sixth, fifth, sixth grade, but I was younger. And then he actually came back in when I was a sophomore in high school. And we started doing one-on-one because I couldn't shoot my saving gracious defense. I could, I could shoot a layup, but I couldn't shoot any outside shots. And I really wanted to work on that. And he wound up teaching me more life lessons than anything else. (laughs) And I learned about how to make sure you're thinking appropriately during a game and spatial reasoning and all these other skills that came in. And even to this day, I I still like will message or text him every now and again, being like, his name was uh, Favorito and I called him Favvy. And I'm like, hey, Favvy, how are you doing? (laughs) Just having that connection. And it was awesome. So today I actually have had two players throughout my coaching career so far who I've like made that bond with and I've watched them grow and I've tried to instill other things in them and be like yes this is great sports is great you can use this for other things and actually one of the one of them I'm moving into one-on-one coaching with so it's like a full circle moment going on in my little world right now. Yeah. So how do you find the balance in that of just like trying to be a mentor and trying to um, connect with them on an outside level of sports, but then also teaching them how to be good at the game and to really focus on the game? How do you find that balance? You have to understand what motivates a person and specifically what motivates teenagers. So, and you have to be able to read that in all of your players to get them to perform at the level you want to. So there's a, a, I talk about her as well, the UCLA gymnast coach, Coach Val, what she does is she creates a safe space for the girls to feel open to kind of express themselves. And once you get that, them to open up to you, and once you get that trust built, you can essentially learn a lot about them, how to motivate them, and then get them to focus on the game. And it's hard at first to figure out that balance, but it almost becomes natural once you get into the groove and each team has different needs and each girl has a thousand different needs. So it's a lot of mental thought, but it's all worth it in the end to watch them grow. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like you just have to know your players, know what they want and know how to coach them. Because if you coach them, like, I feel like you could coach them. Some people need, you need to be hard on. And then some Mm -hmm. people you need to be nicer or um, just a little bit more soft on them. You know what I mean? So, and that really shows through with what they're going to learn. Yes. And you have to be careful because sometimes the girl that you're, if, if you're not doing it right, the girl that you're saying being hard on, if she needs you to be soft and you're not picking up on that and you're being soft on another player, that will pivot against you so quick and make your life way harder. So it's just making sure you are in tune with your players. It's a lot to think about. It's like, it's not just teaching them the fundamental skills. It's a whole nother depth that that's what people have to understand about coaching. I feel like. 
Yes. And, and people got to understand sometimes you're not going to be the coach of the year every season. You might be the coach of the year to one player, but you might not be it for everyone. And that's okay too. You don't have to be perfect. We're all human and just make sure you learn for the next go round. Yeah. As long as you teach at least one player and like make them learn something, then that's just great in itself. Um, I just think it's so important also to have representation of women coaches in all sports, no matter if it's with middle school girls or the NBA, whatever it is, at the end of the day, these kids need a woman to look up to or not a woman, I'm saying like someone like them in general Mm -hmm. to look up to so that they can say, I can be her and I can do what they're doing no matter what. Um, So what does that mean to you to be a woman in the industry? It it means just that. It means that I'm come I'm a stepping up into a role that I've never I've never had a female coach I've always had male coaches so I'm stepping into a role that I've never (laughs) yeah that I've never seen a woman in and also I have I have to recognize the responsibility that carries because if I do a bad job that's going to cause a bad name for all female coaches because there aren't enough of us to say it'll just become a direct generalization because there aren't enough of us and across the board if a woman wants to go coach a sport, I think she should. I think, I mean, look at yesterday with the NFL, who's on the field and what that representation is, because it's so important. I mean, it crossed every job, every industry. If Kamala Harris is the VP of the country. I mean, if you're looking at all these things, if you see people who are like you, you think I can do that. Um, I'll pick on an example I picked on before. Ayla Brown, she was a BC college basketball player and she was on American Idol. And for me, it was the first time I realized I could play basketball outside of just rec. Because at that time I was little enough that I was only doing rec. I was like, wait, you can play, girls can play college basketball. And it was the first time it clicked because I saw someone on TV who was like me doing something that I liked. Yeah, it's so interesting how that works. And it's going to be so cool when we don't have to have these conversations and we don't have to um, make it a huge deal. How you've had these mentors, do you feel like they've made you become the person you are and the things that you've learned in sports? Do you think that they've carried over to your life now? Because I know for me playing sports, um, just from when I was little, all the things that I've learned from the beginning have just carried over for sure to my life through work, through just social aspects, everything. Definitely. And even the bad has carried over and not just the good. Um, so the yeah. good that's carried over is I was told if I showed up 15, if I showed up on time, I was already 15 minutes late. Yep. So we had an expectation and taught me how time management skills. Cause if I had to be at the game 15 minutes before it started and the travel time. So like I was drive my mom nuts. Cause I didn't have a license at that time. Like mom, we have to leave at this time or so I can be on time or I'm going to be in trouble. And it just teaches you those life lessons of Now, every meeting I go to, I try to be a few minutes early because I don't want to be the one showing up five minutes late unless I have a really good excuse because in the work world, that doesn't look good because then the meetings are late and then everyone's days just get like that extra 20 minutes longer, which is, you don't want to be that guy that made everyone's day 20 minutes longer, 20 minutes longer. So that's one. And then the bad is I had a coach who was that stereotypical, like angry male basketball coach who would like throw a chair kind of guy and I the exact reaction yeah. I, I didn't want to be that person and I didn't want to be that angry in life because he just seemed angry all the time so mm-hmm. I learned from that like there's other ways to be that will get that will motivate people because fear 
as a coach and fear as like a leader in the workplace is the worst motivator. Studies have shown time and time again, leading with an iron fist does not get you as much as when you're leading with like a gentle nudge. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that about the time because that was a staple in college for sports was be 15 minutes early. It was called like bomber time for us. And if we were not 15 minutes earlier, that was considered late. And it's great how it's carried over. Now I'm always on time. I'm always early. And I think that's something that's super important. So it's cool how those things now go into your life and you don't even realize it. So I want to talk about you writing your book, Lady Fleets, and being an author and how you switched from, I mean, you didn't switch, you're doing coaching now too, how you went over to writing a book. And that takes so much hard work and motivation to write a book, I'm sure. Um, How have you kind of, you know, carried that over from coaching? I care. it. It felt like a natural transition because these were conversations I was having with players just in a verbal dialogue. And so going from having to talk about it with my jokes and my cliches I throw in there and essentially then to writing it, it was great, but it started off really short. (laughs) The book was really short because they were just these quippy things I would say. So having to go through the self-reflection and being like, why do I believe what I'm preaching? And it almost made me have to defend myself and defend the lessons that I put out there. So that was a great motivator because now when I have players saying, why are you telling me to do this? And I'm like, cause this is why, cause, and I have the memory like fresh in my brain from writing the book. And it was, it was more natural than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be terrifying, but I was like, you know what? Just need to start. You just need to start with a laptop and an hour of time. And you would be surprised what anyone can accomplish. Yeah, that's with everything. I feel like just start, you know, get your ideas out, just get them going. And then, wow, you just keep going from there. And now you have a book coming out. I'm really excited about it, by the way. I'm sure your athletes are as well. Yes, actually, surprisingly, I haven't told uh, the girls who I'm working with right now. because oh, really? I'm, I'm hoping that I can gift it to them. Like when the end of our season is like, it's like a little like you guys did great. Uh, but my former players are fully well aware of it and their parents are aware of it because I've emailed all them being like would you want this and they're like yes Yes. we want a copy so it's really nice to know that they support me too because parents in this whole endeavor have are really important you have to have good relationships with the parents and so the fact they're supporting me a few years later on my book is kind of crazy yeah that's really cool that's awesome and that's funny that you're gonna surprise them I can't wait to see I have to hear about their reactions that's gonna be great yeah Yeah. and it's real. it is really important at that age to have a good relationship with the parents you want to make sure they want to make sure that they're in good hands and wow that's cool so do you have any like specific um things that you do to motivate yourself and um like maybe have creative thinking? Do you do journaling? Do you like exercise for your creative thinking? What is that for you? For for me, uh, journaling's definitely been a part of this because that's how I've gotten the memories that kind of have driven these lessons was I had to think about times that I haven't thought about in probably 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm old, but it, it feels so far away and bringing those forward. So journaling is definitely one of them. Uh, walking because of COVID, walking has been a big thing uh, to kind of get my mind going, but also having conversations with people who knew me back then. Like I reached out to a few high school friends being like, 
hey, do you remember when? And then insert some crazy story. And then we just start having these dialogues. So really that soundboard effect that you have with other people can be such a great way to get the creative juices going. I write it down and be like, cool, I'm going to add that to the book later when I'm writing tomorrow. So that's, <laughs> that's how I did it. That's a great way to catch up with people too, without even trying, just, you know, like thinking about telling stories with them and then you guys just get talking. And I know I have trouble talking with people I haven't talked to in a while. So that's a great way to now reconnect with them and almost network with them too. Yeah, it, it's actually Christmas cards. Easiest way to reconnect with people is just ask for addresses for Christmas cards. That's how me and actually uh, one of my best friends have reconnected. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'm gonna write that down because I don't send out Christmas cards. So, all right. So do you have any women in the industry that you look up to right now or that you have looked up to since you were little? Oh man. Um, I'm sure there's I'm, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of different women, but it tends to be a lot of college people. It's not ever been any professionals. That's so, cool though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it, it's, it's funny because I've always watched UConn. I'm from New England. So I always watched the UConn games and then we had BC. So I was always watching the BC games. So it was always these colleges and these college teams that were like these girls who were just playing so hard and doing these great things. And as a, watching them as a team was what really I looked up to and their dynamics and how they worked with other people because I think having a team creates such a different social dynamic for people and like watching them work so well on the court together like how can I get my team to work that well on the court together I want to do that crazy move she just did so those are always the folks who I look to for motivation yeah for sure that's great that you like look up to college players because I feel like people have these um people they look up to and they're in the NBA or they're in the NFL and you forget about the college players or even, you know, people in high school, you can look up to what they're doing and how they're, you know, growing. So that's awesome. So I just want to ask you what advice you have for girls that want to be in your position, whether that's being an author and writing a book or coaching, whatever it is, what, what is like main advice you have for them? I would say the main advice I would have for them is to just keep going and to believe in yourself because with those two things, you can conquer the world. I swear to goodness sakes, you can conquer the world if you have those two things. <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot through this that just having confidence is so important and it'll get you wherever you need to be as long as you keep having confidence and keep believing in yourself. Yeah. And failure is going to happen and that's okay. You, you are going to fail and it's totally fine because you learn something. As long as you can learn from the failure, you don't blame it on anyone else. That's all that matters. 100% agreed with that. All right. So where can we follow you? Where can we, you know, get your book? Where can we keep up with what you're doing? All of that good stuff. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at the author underscore Emily Williams. I'm on Facebook and that is the author Emily Williams. Uh, those are the two social places I live. Um, I did provide you a link uh, to give to your listeners that essentially will get you uh, notes from the author section of my book. So you'll get a little sneak peek into the behind the scenes, like in my brain. I don't know if that's scary or not, but it's there. <laughs> and then my book, I'm hoping it's going to come out in March. It should be available on Amazon and hopefully booksellers after that. 
cool. That's so exciting. Yay. Okay. And I'll make sure I link everything for everybody to follow. If you didn't catch that. Um, thank you so much for being on. You gave great advice. Um, I really loved hearing about your stories. That was actually really cool. So thank you again. And we'll see you next time on women changing the game.